Great. Well, good morning to you all. It's really good to see you. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us here this morning. And before I I start into the message today, I I just want to follow on a little bit what Davey was saying earlier in the announcements about the, the baptism service next Sunday evening. Next Sunday is one not to miss in this church with membership in the morning, new members coming into the fellowship, and then the baptism service in the evening. And I just want to follow on what David was saying, just by appealing to people here who may have been a Christian 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years, and you've never been baptized for one reason or another. And it just seems as, as time goes on, the more difficult it gets to actually take that step and, and to be baptized. just want to say that as a church, it would be an enormous privilege and honor for us if you would take the step next week and be baptized. And the way in which personally I want to appeal to you to do that is because I actually find myself in your number and that I've never been baptized as an adult. And I could tell you all the stories about how many times I asked <laughs> my previous denomination to do that, but they wouldn't. And how as an elder in my previous church, sensitivities, all of that. So, but the bottom line is I haven't been baptized yet. And I am so excited. I'd actually arranged with a church in East Belfast before I was to start here to go and be baptized there. Uh, just a private service, friends and family. And I'm so glad I didn't. Because Davy's wanted to push this uh, baptism service and it's just right, it's perfect. Because next Sunday night, I am going to be baptized here in my church family, here in this church. And I can't wait in front of my friends, family, but as part of my church family. So why am I telling you that? I'm telling you for two reasons. First of all, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be an honor to be baptized by Davy Hume. Can't wait. Absolutely excited about that. And I'm also... (laughs) And I'm also saying it as one of the leadership in the church here to reach out to you if you haven't been as well and to hopefully make it that little bit easier to say it's okay. There's no stigma, there's no embarrassment, there's nothing. It would be an absolute honor for us to baptize you here. So please, if you find yourself in the same boat as me and you want to step up and do what we know is obedience to the Lord, come and see Davy after the service and let him know. And that would be brilliant. Okay. Are we ready for God's word? Okay, come on, we'll pray together. Father, it's so good to be in your presence today. It's so good to be here with your people. And we just ask now that you will take your word and not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, you'll apply it to each of our hearts and do us good. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts and our minds that we might see you and know you more, because we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we are continuing on our our series today, our God is series, by thinking about this. God is faithful. God is faithful. And if you're able to take notes, please do so, because there's a lot of stuff that we're, we're going to go through today. Psalm 36 verse 5 says this, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. 
Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. God is faithful. And we can absolutely and resolutely trust him without reservation. We can absolutely and resolutely trust him without reservation. However, often we can actually find it difficult to do just that. And more often than not, that's because we mistakenly confuse God's faithfulness with the unreliability we see in other people and the difficult life experiences that we can often go through. We're more used to seeing the word faithful with the little prefix un. We see unfaithfulness in marriage, unfaithfulness in so-called friends, unfaithfulness in ethics, unfaithfulness in theology, unfaithfulness in just about every aspect of life and therefore can find it difficult to trust without reservation. The older we get in life, the more knocks we seem to have and the more difficult we can find it to trust without reservation. The older we get, the more we realize how few great and reliable friends we actually have. When we were younger, so many said they would be with us through the thick and thin of life. They'd never leave us, but where were they when the storms hit? Where were they when the storms came? And as a result, we can find it difficult to trust and and open up our hearts to embrace other people and new relationships without reservation. Folks, as long as we mistakenly confuse God's faithfulness with the unreliability we see all around us, we will find it nigh on impossible to trust God, to give him everything, and to embrace him without reservation. We cannot equate God with what we see around us. There is a a powerful Old Testament word that really is used in the book of Hosea to contrast the faithfulness of God and that of Israel. It's the Hebrew word chesed. Chesed. It's spelled H-E-S-E-D. Some people start it with a, a C. Chesed speaks about steadfast, unshakable, unwavering, inextinguishable and faithful love. It's a beautiful, beautiful word. And the book of Hosea contrasts God's chesed with our chesed. In chapter 6, verse 4, God says, Your chesed, Israel, is like the morning mist. In other words, it's here for a while and then it just disappears. Whereas God's chesed is absolutely faithful and it's everlasting. We cannot compare God with everything else around us. A few weeks ago, Phil preached on Numbers 23, verse 19, and it, was, it says, which says this, God is not a man. God is not a man. He's totally different to us. When I preached on, on holiness, I said holiness means God is totally other than us. He is totally different, distinct, and unique from us in, in, a, in a transcendent way. There is no one or nothing that can compare 
to him. We cannot relate his faithfulness to what we see around us and experience. In Hebrew, the original language of the Old Testament, the word for faithfulness is emunah, E-M-U-N-A-H. The Greek word is pistos, pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. And these words are rich. And what they actually emphasize is that faithfulness means firmness. It means stability. It means steadfastness, steadiness, and trustworthiness. And when we look at the imperfection that we see all around us, we have to agree today that only one who is totally other than us could perfectly demonstrate the level of faithfulness that those biblical words describe. Isaiah 25 verse 11 says, God is faithful are perfect in his faithfulness and has done marvelous things. One of the pictures to support that Hebrew word emona in the Old Testament in relation to God is that we can lean on him. Yes, like a bit of a crutch, we can lean on him and trust him that he is steadfast because no matter what we go through, we can lean on him because everything, there's nothing about God that is ever going to crumble around us we can absolutely and resolutely trust him without reservation God is perfect in his faithfulness friends will fail but God is faithful family will fail but God is faithful funds will fail but God is faithful and he'll meet us at our point of need feelings will fail but God is faithful faith will fail but God is faithful 2 Timothy 2.13 if we are faithless he will remain faithful isn't that brilliant if we are faithless he will remain faithful what an awesome God he's not like us God says I am who I am I am who I am he's totally other than us totally trustworthy and perfectly faithful. Scripture speaks consistently and superlatively about God's faithfulness. It's impossible to read the Psalms and not see it mentioned again and again and again. And when we take in the fact that over a third of the Psalms are laments about the difficulties of life, it just shows us and makes God's faithfulness something that is remarkable and distinctive from anything we see around us. Scripture we open with, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. That's just class. Because the expanse of the heavens are not sufficient to contain the enormity and the majesty of God's faithfulness. Psalm 119, verse 90, your faithfulness endures through all generations. Whoa! Time itself cannot measure or hold the faithfulness of our wonderful God. God is faithful. He's faithful to save. He's faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to keep us. He is faithful to protect us. Faithful to sustain us, even in the valley of the shadow, as we've been thinking about this morning. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, which I'm going to come back to at the end, says... This I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What an awesome God. We can absolutely and resolutely trust him without reservation.
However, perhaps there are some here and you're still not convinced and you're thinking, how can I trust God in my present situation? How can I trust him to be perfectly faithful to me? Well, here's a great reason. (laughs) We can trust God because he is perfectly faithful to his character. He is perfectly faithful to his character. Our whole faith is based on our understanding of who God is. That's why we're doing this God is series, to enlarge and expand the capacity of our hearts and our minds to understand more about who God is so that that can increase our faith and it can increase our trust in him. God is perfectly faithful to his character. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, God cannot deny himself. (laughs) He cannot deny himself. He's not some illogical being that we can't trust. I remember when I was at Bible college studying, one of the things we looked at was philosophy of religion. It was in the main pretty boring. But one of the things I remember looking at is things that God is limited by. And I remember us discussing how God is limited by logic. That's hugely important because if he wasn't limited by logic, he would be illogical and we couldn't trust him. An illogical God would be the sort of God that we get to heaven and he tells us, none of that was true. It was all a joke. We can absolutely and resolutely trust him because he is faithful to his character and he cannot deny himself He is limited to his character and to logic. Everything we've looked at in this God Is series is undergirded and supported by faithfulness. In fact, Psalm 89 verse 8 says God is surrounded by faithfulness. He cannot deny himself. We can trust everything that we're hearing in this series because he's true to his character. He is faithful in his love. He is faithful in being a refuge. He is faithful in being God of gods and Lord of lords. He is faithful in his salvation. He is faithful in his holiness. He is faithful in his grace and so on. We can trust him. Faithfulness is an aspect of the perfection of God. It's an aspect of the perfection of God and this really blessed me when I thought about it. Because God has all power, there is nothing or no one that can stop him from being faithful. Love that. Because God has all power, there is nothing or no one that can stop him from being faithful. Malachi 3 verse 6, God says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Really important truth about the Lord. And because God does not change, because he cannot deny himself, then that means his faithfulness will never change. It endures through all generations. God is consistently true to himself. And because of unchanging, immutability is the theological word. He's always going to be true to you, and he's always going to be true to me. And that faithfulness is so powerfully seen in how Campbell led us around the table at the empty cross that cries out to us the day of hope and through which God says, trust me. God is faithful. We can trust him without reservation because he's perfectly different to us. We can trust him without reservation because he is perfectly faithful to his character and won't change. 
But some still might be wondering, how can I trust? Well, here's another great point. We can trust God because his faithfulness, um, without reservation, because he is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word, and we can trust everything that he says. This is the Bible. It's not a fairy tale book. It's the Bible. It's God's inspired and authoritative word. This is God revealed to us on paper. The greatest book ever written. God's message of hope to a lost world. And the core standard by which every Christian should want to live. This is one of God's supreme gifts to mankind. It's the Bible. For 2,000 years, scholars, atheists, and a lot of bad preachers have tried to discredit, criticize, and destroy this book, yet still today it's having a profound, life-changing impact upon countless millions of people across the world. This is the Bible. This book has stood and it will stand the test of time. It is trustworthy. It is true. It is absolutely sublime. This is the Bible. And we can trust that God is faithful to his word. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It is settled in heaven. Hebrews 6 verse 18 says, It is impossible for God to lie. Second Samuel 7 28, O Lord, you are God and your words are true. Proverbs 3 verse 5, I love this. Every word of God is Flawless. Absolutely flawless. This word of God, it's full of promises. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God is unswervingly faithful to every promise that is contained in his word. He keeps his promises, he keeps his covenant, and he keeps his mercy. In fact, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, God keeps his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him. Amazing. There is not one promise that God will not make good on. We can have all the assurance that we need in God's word. We can be sure that if God makes a promise, he'll fill it. Also, we can be sure if God makes a warning, he will follow through in that warning if we do not heed it. We can be sure of that because if God has said it and he doesn't do it, then his his honor is at stake. And if there's one thing we know about God, it's that he is jealous for the honor of his precious name. He will follow through on his absolute word of truth. When God promises to never leave us, he's faithful. When God promises to supply all our needs, he is faithful. When God promises to keep us in perfect peace, he is faithful. When God promises that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that nothing's going to separate us from his love, that no one, as Carmel said earlier, will snatch us out of his hand, he is absolutely faithful. 
to that and we can trust him. When God promises we're not going to be tempted beyond what we can bear, he is faithful. When he promises that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, he'll forgive us our sin and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. He's absolutely faithful to this. Great quote, Spurgeon said, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin has or will ever make him unfaithful. Glory to God. That's just wonderful truth and it's absolutely is that. It's truth. When God says all things work together for the good of those who love him, he's faithful to that. Boom! He's faithful to that. When God says that Jesus is going to return and one day we're going to bear his likeness, boom! He is absolutely faithful to that. It's going to happen. Has God ever let you down on anything that he's promised? I'm not saying have you never, you've never gone through a difficulty uh, or a challenge because actually God promises that we will face trials of many kinds in our lives. I'm asking, has he ever let you down? Young people, you're amazing. And I do what I want to challenge you to do today. See all the people that you can have around you who are a little bit more old, or a little older. I'll have to be careful how I put this. I really want to challenge you to listen to their stories. Take time to value them. Take time to value their stories of God's faithfulness and what he has brought them through. It's powerful. I remember hearing the late Helen Rosevere uh, give her testimony at, at Belfast Bible College. The beauty of Jesus just shone through Helen Rosevere. If you've never heard of her, you need to get on the internet and, and, and read her story. She told the story about the absolute sustained horror that she endured as a missionary. And when that godly old lady followed up her story by saying this with confidence, my God is faithful. There are hers in the back of my neck stood an end. That was a godly, holy moment. She had been through the testing and she still was able to say, my God is faithful. So all around you young people is a rich treasure source of testimony that can only come through the testing of time from those who in spite of all they've gone through are still shining and are still saying my God is faithful serious take time to talk to and value the experiences of people in this church God is faithful we can absolutely resolutely trust him without reservation why because he's different to us because he's totally faithful to his character and it's not going to change and he's totally faithful to his word. He's going to fulfill every single promise he's given us. But as I start to draw to a close, what else can be said here to those who are struggling to trust without reservation? I don't need to know every single person here personally to know that behind happy, smiley faces are hearts that are breaking people who are struggling, people who are in the midst of a storm, people who are weary because of waiting, waiting for that breakthrough. I want to say to you today with confidence, 
No matter what you're going through, you can trust God without reservation. I'm not saying he's going to take away all your concerns or he's going to smooth over all your problems. No, I am saying that you can trust him without reservation. How? I always love it when Phil Hills does this. He says, well, look, let's go to the book. What does the book say? And that's what I want to leave with you now what the book says to help you trust God. Earlier, I I quoted from the book of Lamentations, maybe not a book that we read very often. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah, and it is a litany of anguish. It's a litany of anguish. He wrote this book at such a dark dismal, bleak time, and he was lamenting over the, the state of God's people and the state of God's nation, Israel. But in chapter 3, verse 21 to 23, he says, and this is important, he says, this I call to mind. So important. This I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because of his compassions. They fail not, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the midst of raw, absolute anguish and pain, he calls to mind the mercy of God. He calls to mind the compassion of God. And he calls to mind the greatness of God's faithfulness. And he finds hope. Where do we turn in the midst of despair? We turn to God. We cannot trust ourselves. We cannot trust other people without reservation, but we can trust him. And here is how we do it. This we call to mind the mercy, the compassion, and the faithfulness of God. Let's take our circumstances today and let's put them all within the framework of God's faithfulness. We can know peace. We can know joy in the midst of anguish. How? This we call the mind. Therefore, we have hope. God's faithfulness is not just seen when the sun's shining down on us so think back this we call the mind the times God showed up when everybody else had left us alone this we call the mind the time God also brought other people into our lives at just the right time to help us this we call the mind the times when God opened the door when there was nothing else making sense This we call to mind that he made a way. This we call to mind how many times God has seen us through. This we call to mind how many times he gave us the faith to hold on and to keep going even when we felt we were holding on with our fingertips. This we call to mind the many times when we thought we'd come to the end of our rope But God in his grace showed us there's more rope. There's absolutely more rope. There's always hope in him. This we call to mind. Therefore we have hope. The worship team are going to come up and join me here. Jeremiah did not just give up. He didn't look around and say, this is my lot and accept it. There's not going to be any change. No, that's not what he did. This 
I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Therefore I have hope. Can you see why scripture exhorts us to renew your minds every day with the purposes of God? T.D. Jakes puts it brilliantly like this. He said, revelation often comes in retrospect. Revelation often comes in retrospect. What does he mean there? Well, he means that so often, and Davey alluded to this earlier, so often when we look back and we see the hand of God, that's when we find hope for today. When we were going through the problem, we knew the struggle, but we didn't know the purpose. We knew the struggle, but we didn't know the purpose. We see the what God sees, the why, and we need to trust the why. We need to trust him. And often it's only in retrospect that we can see why. God does not always explain what we're going through or why we're going through something. So this I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. And can I say this? And it's very important that part of spiritual maturity Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of our spiritual history. Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of our own spiritual history. Trials we have come through can strengthen us for today. How? Because when we look back, we see his unswerving faithfulness to us in our lives. What he has brought us through. And we know if he's brought us this far, he's going to take us on. And he's going to complete everything that within us. There's more rope. God's faithfulness, it's almost something that can can switch on a light in the absolute darkness of our lives. Where do we turn? We turn to him. How? This I call to mind. This I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. Friends, think again about his love. Think again about his mercy. Think again about his compassion to us. Think again about his great faithfulness. I cast my mind to Calvary. I'm going to finish with that song in a little bit. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. What a saviour. What a Ah, Saviour. God's faithfulness, friends, it's seen in our past and because of what we thought about today, because he's different to us, because he is faithful to his character and it's not going to change, because he is faithful to his word and we can believe every promise that's in us. We can know that he's faithful today. No matter what we're going through, we can know he is faithful today and he's always going to be faithful. And hey, see what's to come? It's so much greater than what has been. What's to come is so much greater than what has been. God is faithful. We can absolutely and resolutely trust him without reservation. Amen? Okay, let's all stand together. Let's close our eyes. We started the message a little bit earlier today so we might have an opportunity for response. Just close your eyes, friends. There are so many people here and with all different stories and with all different experiences, how can we respond to what we've heard today? Well, for those who feel that life's great, 
and you know that God is good, here's your response today to God's faithfulness. It should be praise. Scripture extols the faithfulness of God and so should we. Please use the next few minutes as we worship God together to lift up His great and His beautiful name and praise because God's character is perfect and it is most worthy of our worship and our confidence. And for those who are struggling to trust because of what you're going through, please use the next few moments to respond biblically. This I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Set your situation in the framework of his wonderful faithfulness. Call to mind how sovereign and how in control God is of your situation. Call to mind his mercy. Call to mind his compassion. Call to mind his great faithfulness. And let the faithfulness of God in the past assure your present and inspire your future. The words of these songs inspire faith within you and bring you to a place in the midst of your grief of praise and celebration of his faithfulness and then for anyone else who's struggling or maybe you know of someone who's struggling and you need prayer see if you want to in the next few minutes please just come up to the front row where Davy, Kelsey, Campbell and I are and if you just like someone to pray with you without judgmentalism without anything like that but just with pure love pray about God's faithfulness to you and to pray his joy and peace into your heart and into your situation you feel free to come up here but let's worship him together and let's celebrate his great faithfulness Amen